Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, behave! Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm hurt, guy. Oh, no. I, I, I gotta go. I, I'm going on IR for the year, bro. Oh, I'm no. Out. I'm out. My knee. training staff is coming out for middle golf. The dog just ran into my knee. I'm out. Oh, no. Hopefully, it's just a contusion. Jesus Christ. Can you kick with your other leg? Did you hear the broadcast where, uh, who, who was the play by play guy? Uh, Niner game was Ian Eagle, Charles Davis. Ryan Eagle was like, you know, Ian, Ian Eagle. Ian was like, you know, is this kid the one that does, uh, games with Helfrich? Yeah, Noah Eagle. Noah's not terrible. Helfrich is pretty awful, but, uh, nice guy. Pretty bad at TV. Where he goes, you know, talking to Kyle, he said, Injuries used to keep him up all night, and now he's pretty numb to it. Well, yeah, Ian, when you have 7 million injuries a year, any coach in that scenario would become a little numb to it, I would say. And then you look up, and it's Bosa, Ward, your kicker. Jimmy Ward, that is. Mosley, you know. Jesus Christ. The one. That's the one. Anyway, uh, welcome to birthday month as it continues here on Haberman and Middlecoff. Uh, if you have a birthday this month, we celebrate with you. We are sponsored by our friends at Tito's handmade vodka, Tito's handmade vodka. It is the way to go. Uh, whether you're celebrating or just chilling Tito's handmade vodka, John, number one, number one, uh, it's winning awards left and right, but the most prestigious, prestigious award is the official vodka of ham. Is that like the details, the details, athlete, uh, uh, oh, what's uh, amateur? Amateur? You know? Is it, do you think broadcasters do that to try to sound a little smarter to use those types? I don't know. Why does everyone, everyone non broadcaster says amateur when it's like a golf event or something? But if you're acting like a fool, you're an amateur. Yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, if you're a golfer, you're an amateur. Just drink some more Tito's. You know, I, I had some Tito's this weekend. I'm sure you did as well. Uh, Tito's for the win. Tito's, definitely a bunch of uh, Tito's. Espresso martinis mm. on uh, on Friday night. They, they were very, very flavorful. Good for you. Uh, so, yeah. So, get get yourself a Tito's. Do it right now. Celebrate the 49ers win. Three and two. First place. No big deal. Yeah. First place. Uh, no big deal, John. Also, with Halloween around the corner and uh, beautiful temps still around the nation, autumn is here. Maybe a tr- treat yourself to a Tito's terror teeny. That's a terror martini. It's a little Tito's, some lemon juice, some simple syrup, some pomegranate juice. And, of course, you can't forget the maraschino cherry and and if you're watching on the youtube make it look like this i mean that's a good looking halloween drink but for that and more great uh you know fall kind of halloween they got a bunch of halloween recipes going on right now at the tito's vodka.com some great ideas america's original craft vodka or you can just go john daly i feel like some people are going to dress up this year halloween for as jeff dahmer you know i think he feels like a pretty popular uh 
just the name. A lot of people, yeah. the Dahmer name, you yeah, know, you just kind of put on some glasses. Show, but it sounds like you've watched the show. Uh, yeah, I watched it. Uh, very good. A little disturbing, but you just walk around maybe with like a plastic hammer and, and some glasses. Ugh. Okay. So, yeah, Dahmer. <laughs> Dahmer not only killed you, he drilled you, and then he ate you. So, oh, wow. Dahmer, Dahmer had some issues. Uh well, I'm obligated to now say distilled a bottle in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Also sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Use the code HAM the number one. HAM the number one for your 20% off. Um, make your Brian Dayball smooth at Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM1. I was getting after my Brian Dayballs the other day, and I just grabbed the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, the best one in the business. But it hadn't been charged. But, you know, it still had a little juice left. So I get about halfway through. I'm not even to the Dayballs. I'm just to the, you know, just to the forest. Yeah. And uh, it runs out of juice and batteries. So I didn't know what to do. So what I did is I plugged it in. I had to wait you about 10 minutes. Just sat there naked, you know. <laughs> uh, but you can't beat Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM and the number one is the best in the business. It's starting at quarterback John the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Wiley vet, who makes sure that the unit's running smooth and scoring nonstop with proprietary advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower limits mistakes, protects the ball, plus it's waterproof, so the weather conditions are no issue. Then you got it running back the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, uh, built to bust through all the right holes. <laughs> A hairless nostril just uh, helps it keep a nose for the end zone manscaped.com manscaped.com code ham and the number one get you 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham and the numero uno manscaped for turning your player into an mvp Woo! yeah uh big monday night football game don't forget john will be live after monday night football with raiders post game so uh raiders Chiefs. so stay tuned for that uh, Maybe the Raiders can get one ba- game below 500. Just keep inching closer to that uh, that Mendoza line. <laughs> uh, you said it, John. Niners are in first place. We'll talk about that. There's a bunch of injuries, which we mentioned to get to as well. But uh, we'll begin with our reactions to Niners-Panthers, which was um, I did find myself thinking during the game, who is the lamest team in the NFL? And is it the Carolina Panthers? Maybe. Uh a, a cool 37-point output for the Niners on Sunday. Well, we said it coming into the to the week. I mean, this was a, a coach that is headed to the streets. Now, when some of us head to the streets, which I've been fired a couple times, I didn't have any money. This guy was made $70 million, but it's over. Like, he's going to get fired. If you told me that he was fired in the morning, I believe you. If you tell me he's fired next week after they lose again, I'd believe you. But they're terrible. And he is now 11-27 and 27 as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Now, they really actually, you kind of look, they have some good players at different positions. Their quarterback position is atrocious. From Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield, he basically has the market cornered on just backup quarterback types that are pretty average talents. And you saw that come to fruition today when the Niners, honestly, if Bosa hadn't gotten hurt today, I think he would have had a bunch of sacks. Because there was that stretch where the game kind of got just kind of there in like late third, early fourth quarter, where the Niners rushing some guys that probably aren't used to playing that much. And 97 to me would have been out there destroying him. Drake Jackson ended up getting a sack, but we had six sacks in the game. It felt like they could have had 12. I know. It felt like they could have had 12. And but that's what you do when you play a shitty team 
And like you said, I mean, they are potentially when the dust settles, are they going to have the number one overall pick? Who knows? It's, you know, it's I, always I, the Lions. The Lions got a pretty good chance now. They're Steel, Steelers. 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 Stink, Steelers stink. So it's they probably draft around the top five, but you fuck dominate them. And that's what the Niners did. You know, what was the, what's the final score here? Thirty seven to fifteen. Yeah. 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 And look, I mean, I think part of the reason it after you play a game like that, it feels like a lot of stuff didn't matter because the team is very bad. But the Niners played uh, the Bears, who if the Niners had beaten them, would be one and four. They didn't beat them. We didn't go into that game thinking uh, that that was a team that um, should beat them. And they lost to them. Um so that was significant. And if they had beaten the Broncos, the Broncos would be one and four after their horrible game with the Colts on Thursday night football. So those are two teams that at two and three, I think in some ways look a little better maybe than their record. Now the Bears hung I, uh, in with the Vikings today. So let's give them a little credit. T- to uh, me, the Broncos Sunday night football against that defense, like that's a little bit more of an understand. Like the Bears is to me the worst loss so far of the season. The Niners lost 11 to 10. They lost 19 to 10 against the Bears. Yeah, I mean, my, ultimately the point, though, is they've played two teams that they were better than and, and lost. Today they played a team that they were better than, and they were really for – except for when the Panthers scored to start the second half and made it a touchdown game, It they were never really threatened. Right? True. But if we were ranking those three teams, the Panthers were the worst of the bunch. Right? Panthers would be the worst. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the Broncos would be the best of the bunch, and the Bears somewhere in the middle. But now, in fairness, the Bears have been feisty this year, right? Yeah, seven-point loss today. Uh, actually, looked statistic. I didn't see a ton of that game. Statistically, like a better game for Fields than some of the games he's played in past weeks. But um, I saw Cousins put up some numbers. That Jefferson dominated. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see a snap. <laughs> How about I, actually? I saw some highlights. I guess on red zone. Did you hear the stat that Ian Eagle gave during the game? That he he said twenty four, but it's now twenty fifth straight game. That what was it? The Panthers have not won when allowing 17 points or more. Yeah, he's he was one and 24 in those games when they have not scored. Wait, wait, when the opponent scored above 17 points? When the opponent scored above 17 points, I think they've lost 25 straight. Is that possible? Well, they were they were one and 24 in that stretch. I don't know what if they've won 24 straight. How is he be coaching 25? Yeah, yeah, I guess it makes sense. 17 points or more. Okay, I got it. Uh, I, d- is that a direct reflection of the quarterback play? Like their offense has just been pretty Yeah, featured. Yeah. I mean, pretty Could be featured. a reflection of him as an offensive coach. Hard to know because his quarterbacks are so bad, right? We can agree his quarterbacks are bad. His offenses in college were good. Um, but I don't think there's there really – I don't know if any coach would be able to – make those quarterbacks explosive. There's a lot of things that they aren't, but number one on the list, Teddy, that group you mentioned is not explosive. Teddy, Sam and Baker. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, to have, they had a 17, three lead at halftime. And to me, when you get up multiple scores on the road against a shitty team, it does give you a little breathing room. Like there was a point where it was 10, three and you're always just a fumble or something weird happening away from the game being close. And to me, when you get that two score lead, anytime, you just give yourself so much more breathing room. And yeah. then you just, when you have better players, and then it just, as time goes on, Debo makes a play, Jawan Jennings makes a play, Fred Wilson or Jeff Wilson has a sweet run. Fred Warner has really, you know, he's, I don't know, we didn't give him that much shit, but I think like the nerds, like the PFFs, like his grades aren't as good as they've been in previous years. It's like, you know, 
I guess like he doesn't, there's some plays to be made that maybe he would have made. And that's just because the bar is so high. I don't need to see PFF this year. I feel like 54 has dominated. I feel like 54 feels, you feel his presence. Like it's, it's a little Bowman Willis esque where you just, you feel him. And honestly, 57 just crushes people. (laughs) Like it's at any moment, the flag could get thrown and 57 hits you. Right. Although it feels like he's avoided the flag since the Bears game, right? Yeah, like a little under control, but it, his his violence meter is really, yeah. really high. Yeah, he's not worried about the the penalty. He had a no. hit today when there was a there was a penalty, not against him. That uh, was maybe his biggest hit of the year. I mean, it was. Why well, I had someone DM me and they're like, you know, I'm a big Browns fan, and I watch the Niners defense, and I look at our team, and I see different, you know, similar personnel, like really good players on every level. He's like, why do, you, why are the Niners defense viewed as such a physical team? Like, what, what are the Browns missing? I'm like, well, one thing that the Niners, if you're defensive line, like I think the Panthers defensive line is pretty good. Like most defensive lines, like aren't going to be viewed as soft, <laughs> right? If you got some good talented players, you get pressure, they hit, they're physical. To me, your physicality. You're saying because they're just defense, soft defensive linemen don't really exist. You, yeah, they get they get cut. I don't, I don't know. It's like they just if your defensive line is solid or above average, it's it's going to be a physical unit where you really separate. Is like, do your DBs hit? Because most, if you had solid hit, linebackers, flash just tackle, right? Definitely tackle. But if you got a couple DBs that will hit, like Mosley, hopefully doesn't tear his ACL, is a elite tackler for a corner, and Hufunga is just. I mean, uh, a rocket. Jimmy Ward, who... I think Gibson, I, like all these guys tackle. Yeah. All of them. It, and Ward, you just can't throw it on him because every p- other play is a PBU. And even the play today, the guy made tackles. from Robbie Anderson. Sneaky yeah. little P- offensive yeah, I, guy. <laughs> little chicken wing. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Which I'm, I'm good with that. But as the ball was in the air, you're like, how is how did he get separation all of a sudden at the end? Um, how many Hightower tweets did you get today? Because I got a lot. A lot. Back-to-back returns out to the 50. Uh, we'll talk about injuries in a second, but your, 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 your kickoff guy having to make two tackles is less suboptimal, as the internet likes to say. Field goal blocked. Plus the field goal blocked. Field yeah. goal blocked, and, you know, it's not his. I, I can't totally blame him. It's got to be a tough position. The Wisnowski missed field goal. Like if he's in that situation and Hightower is coaching, everyone's just make he missed it. You yeah, you, humanly possible in an NFL game. Like can you miss it any further? Uh, no, I don't think you can. If, now, if it's, it's not blocked, if it's not he'd, blocked, he'd right. probably been warming up like on a net where you don't really know. You know, like a good golfer can hit into a net and know what where the if it was a good strike or not. But a bad golfer. Which I am. I've spent a lot of time hitting into like a net, and I have no idea if no nets don't help where that ball went. Right, so he's over there kicking it into the net, and he's got no clue. Plus, he's got of of course juice is the holder, right? And um, because he's the holder normally, right? Yeah, because Wisnowski's the holder. (laughs) And somebody had a great tweet. They're like, "Are we sure Wisnowski is not left footed, and he's just kicking with the wrong foot?" But then he made the the kick later. Which he got did. dipped, and him and Juice had a good the laugh. Guy, the Niners got to be the only team in the league that now within what week, what were they three and two? That's five. That happened week 18. Within like a seven-game stretch, obviously one from last year and then now this year, the kicker has punted and the punter has kicked. <laughs> like you yeah, can't, Was that week 18 last week? We, yeah, last remember week? when Robbie Colton yeah, was a fucking punter? Yeah. Because he got a concussion. <laughs> I mean, it was just, So basically in an eight-game stretch, 
the kicker has had to turn into the punter. And like, if that is the most Niner things ever, you're the punter got hurt in a game concussion. Robbie gold takes over the kicker gets hurt, making a tackle. Well, again, he did not try to make a tackle. He kind of just stood in front lowered and the guy turned into like high school version of himself. Like I am going to destroy this guy. Yeah. And yeah. Robbie, Flying. I give him credit. He he just he had to be a I, speed bump. He made himself a speed bump. I think you're probably better off taking out the ankles than doing what he did. Yeah, I think you're right. You make yourself uh, more of a target. T- You've done situation. it on the previous play, too. I was thinking like a lot of people sitting on their couches, myself included, are gonna make fun of Robbie in the situation. But if anything, we should put ourselves like Robbie is much closer to all of us than he is to like Fred Warner or Jimmy Ward or Nick Bosa or George Kittle. If we were in that position, you would freak. Like he is not trained to do that, yeah, yeah. right? If you were kick, if I were kicker, you'd wake up every day going, "I swear to God, today better not be the day I have to make a tackle." And they, because well, I ask you on the first drive of halftime, classic. If you change the channel at halftime, NFL halftimes, I feel like come at you way quicker than even college halftimes. I feel they go in like thirteen minutes. I know it says fifteen, but it's always fast. I turn on the television and they're already at like the 30 yard line. I text you like, how did they get up so fast? Well, did they, did he make the tackle on that return? He, he made back. Yes. He made, it was the same play. Also got a little shaken Wait, up. He doesn't kick it that far. Doesn't, which, you know, we've uh, kicking it out of the end zone is just a really important skill for your kicker to have. <laughs> just never have to have a return. They're in a weird spot. Cause they're kind of st- stuck because he's been very reliable as a kicker. He's an older veteran. They play in tight games, so they just not like. I guess can't do it. I would guess. Yeah, I'm not trying to get too ahead of ourselves here, but uh, talking third day NFL draft 2023 draft kicker this year, maybe. Maybe I mean the thing is like you. We'll see what happens if the rest of the season, the postseason. But like this guy's been a clutch playoff kicker for you. You play in these close ass games, right? Like, Robbie Gold has been very necessary for the 49ers. So it's very hard to replace a kicker, especially with a college kicker. Yeah, but it's kind of the game. I mean, right? It's just the well, I understand, but it's like he's very valuable to them. You well, know, he, so, He's a $4 million player, which is pretty, you know, like you said, his value, if he makes big kicks, $4 million. You got he no has. He's a free agent. He's 41 years old. Part of it, the other thing I is like why, retirement a few years ago. Why? But, he, you know, he's a little like Debo, very smooth transition away from that moment. It's been, he's just friendly, smiling, hugs, yeah. golf, makes kicks. Like, are you re-signing a 41-year-old kicker? Or is this like, as long as he's making kicks, you just kind of live with it year to year? I, I think it's very possible. You go into the postseason, he makes some big kicks down the stretch, the regular season. You just, you become, we know that $4 Kyle, million. Dollars. I mean, can we just find an undrafted free agent? I don't know, man. I if you told me you don't have to worry about your kicker, you'd pay four million dollars for it. I think I would say true, but like part of the sport of football, it's like ultimately Draymond Green knocks out Jordan Poole in the talk. It's like, oh, they're going to trade him now. It's like, well, you can't fucking replace him. So yeah, I mean, do you love him? Whatever. I mean, does he piss people off? Of course, but it's an un. It's not replaceable right now. Where it's like Butker, no one who knew who Butker was until he became sweet. The Raiders guy, I didn't know who Carlson was until he became sweet. Like, Justin Tucker, I'm pretty sure, was an undrafted free agent. It it is, like, even more than running backs, a position that consistently, for about three or four years, you have a star kicker making $800,000. 
All that sounds great to me in theory. You just have to actually find the guy. Like you're just naming the best kickers in the league, you know. But they all came from the same situation. They were uh, center seven, just undrafted free agents. It's fine. You just got you're talking about replacing like a guy that's proven to be very valuable to your team. You trade for Harrison Butker? These aren't these aren't the Chiefs, right? <laughs> Offensive, would you say? Did you trade for Harrison Butker? But trade no. for Harrison Butker? He, yeah, he was mean, a seventh round pick for the Panthers. Then he got cut. My point is, I, I do think kickers, you can find them. Well, the Rams guy is like on his third team, and he was a late-round guy a few years ago. Do you just view Robbie as like a poor man's Vinatieri? Like he's just going to kick till he's 43, 44, or does this kind of feel like it's it? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't really know. I mean, if you were him, if you kick this year, why wouldn't you kick next year? If they, you know, if you could make four or five million bucks. I'm just not paying him four million bucks next year. Yeah, I don't I, think. I just I, I I I think you have to be open to it. You can't. You have to have another kicker that you trust. Now, if there's a college guy you like, then you like him. That's fine. But if I'm running the scouting department, we're scouting kickers. Kyle's least favorite thing to do. Well, he's not a part of it. <laughs> he just doesn't. I. He's more gut, likely to Kyle be just Sh- like bring him back for three million bucks. Yes, right? my gut is Kyle Shanahan's instinct is to just. <laughs> <laughs> not even have to think about it. Yeah, I would agree. Not even have to think about it. Um, well, he's not the only. Here are here are the the injuries for the 49ers uh, as we uh, record this on uh, Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, uh, shit. <laughs> well, how many? Uh, just four starters? Makes it hard <laughs> to just celebrate all wins. Emmanuel Mosley, Kyle Shanahan said they're worried about an ACL. Uh, doctors Haberman and Middlecoff, I think, and doctors uh, everybody else watching could have guessed that. Nick Bosa, tight groin. Jimmy Ward, who just returned on Sunday, broken hand. Robbie Gold, most likely a knee contusion, uh, which was also my guess. If you watch the clip, he just bangs his knee on the ground very hard. But, um, you know, those first, they've been playing without Jimmy Ward. Now they've been waiting for Jimmy Ward. But that Bosa one, let's I, we probably start with that. That's pretty bad. Well, really quick on Jimmy Ward, I don't know his exact snap count. I would guess under eight if you told me it was four or five i'd believe you like that's pretty crazy comes back pretty devastating hamstring injury immediately breaks his hand like that sucks but at least that's like a finite you know it's not a torn labrum or torn knee like that's right you could you could argue cast on it yeah in two weeks he could come back with it the bosa thing's pretty scary given that I, i don't make much of a guy stays on the sideline in his pads right because they come out of halftime and everyone's like, where's Nick Bosa? And then everyone starts tweeting. He's come out of the locker room, but he's working with the trainer on the sideline. Then Washburn, Evan, that is what well, to me, my favorite sideline guy, immaculate hair. You go down to him on the sideline and he's like, well, it's tight. Then, he, then they kind of immediately ruled him out. It just happened to his brother and his brother's injury was basically Nick's injury at Ohio state. So this is something that he's had before. And if you remember, that knocked him out for the season. Now, technically, I think he could have came back, right? You know, in December, he just chose to trade yeah. for the pros. This is, it's hard because I'm trying to judge his body language and then he realizes body language doesn't really change. He's not a big up or down guy, yeah. right? Yeah, I the, the thing that I judged was the reports from some of the beat writers who were there that they were trying to stretch him out, that they were stretching out in the second half, like on the sideline with Nick, which makes you think that, you know, if I'm being hopeful, I would say the fact that they're stretching them out maybe means that they don't think it's 
a tear that it's not something that would need surgery as but jo- but Joey came they, out and Joey was on the sideline the whole no, time. No, I, I know. Too. I'm just I, I you know they that the fact that they called it tight, the fact that he's had groin issues before, you would hope that he has a good feel for it, right? Like, yeah, guys, I think I might be able to go. Maybe if it's not the Panthers, you know, we'll find out. If it's not the Panthers, is that a game that he could play in? But it's the Panthers, you've got a lead, it's easy to shut him down. I don't know. The fact that they're ta- calling it a tight groin. I don't know. Maybe it's foolish. I would leaves me a little bit hopeful for the fact that it's not too severe. But you know, even if it's not, I don't. I think there's the real possibility that he <clears throat> misses the next game. Well, I I had a buddy text me from the Kansas City Chiefs and said, "What's up with Nick?" I'm like, well, they just said growing, growing, and he's like, "Well, we play him two weeks. Hopefully, he misses a couple." Like that's the first thing he thought about, and right. it's like, it's weird. Because the Falcons, I'm going to view the Falcons as better than the Panthers this upcoming week. I'm going to take that matchup more seriously. feels like they've been consistently more competitive. And it does feel like Arthur Smith is just a little bit more dynamic Sunday guy than Matt Rule. You know, as Matt Rule go back and take over Nebraska and have them competitive or something, it won't shock me, right? Arthur Smith, to me, feels like he kind of got something. I don't know if he's quite like the next, you know, Brian Dayball, but it feels like he's kind of knows what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to look at this just some like lock, close your eyes, cruise to a victory. Like this is they got to play probably better than they did today. Yeah, and know. also if you, I agree. And also if you don't have Bosa, you know, Mariota is more is a Mariota can move, right? Mario he, can move. So uh, he had seven carries for 61 yards against the Bucks today. But then it leads into that Chiefs game that is at home. Like it, it's hard, right, to not think ahead of yourself because you're like. Four and two, and then you get the Kansas City game, whatever. And then I saw I didn't, you know, I have just kind of been living week to week. I'm not I'm not a huge like three week ahead schedule guy. I didn't realize the Chiefs are playing the Bills. So you are getting the Chiefs off peak for Tampa Monday night, even if it is somewhat of a weird letdown. Because you know, I hate to say it, Raider fans, a little bit of a trap game for them. <laughs> Brady Raiders Monday night, and then you get the Bills, which is kind of I'm. I would imagine one of the top matchups of the year on paper, right? It just we, well, I mean, we their just, game in the playoffs last year was, you know, if, if I don't know what the SP category for game of the year was, but it was probably in there. But if I'm just telling you preseason, you know, like September 1st, we just look at the entire schedule, all every team, 17 games. If we just rank the top five games of the year on paper, Bills at Chiefs, I mean, w- w- wouldn't that be near the top? If not, probably one? be number one <laughs> given the playoff game they played last year. Yeah. So that is going to be a massive game. I would say the Bills watched a decent amount of that one. I'd say they got their swag back. How about our boy uh, first career touchdown? You see that? Uh, uh, um, Khalil Shakir? I, I didn't I didn't see it, no. He, got, he had kind of like a little flag route. The DB was below him, caught it, bounced off him, walked in the end zone. They were killing him so bad at the time that he didn't – it wasn't like he went nuts in the end zone. Kind of acted like he'd been there before. Like, yeah, no big deal. I mean, it, that made him up like 31-3. to three. But so I guess my point is that Chiefs game's huge. Like that's that's a top three game on the Niners schedule, right, out September 1st when we're looking at it. You could argue that's – I mean, the Rams games are always massive, but Niners playing the Chiefs, so that's – did that be their number one game of the year at home? I mean, definitely if you're a season ticket holder, how is that not the number one game yeah, I mean, you want to go the, see? Yeah, it would be. I mean, the Chargers game is also a massive game, right? Um, it's different. I mean, this is a you played 
Is it's it though? Big, yeah, Justin Herbert's a big fucking deal. Like, I don't think they right now, given what they are. I agree. I mean, for me and you, but overall, like the Chargers are kind of, kind of a clown show. I think it's a you. Uh, you gotta. You have to. I think you have to score to beat them. And the Niners. I'm not saying it's not a hard game or whatever. My my point is just in terms of like. I think the Chiefs are in a different universe of the rankings. If I'm a season ticket holder, like going to a game or watching a game, if you just had to like rank, I, I'm not comparing them to the Chiefs. I'm just saying I think that's a map. Like that would be if I was a season ticket holder when I got the schedule, I would circle that game. Like I'm not giving those tickets away because I think Herbert is a Herbert's a major star. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if he's a little bit more of a star. I do think the franchise, in no fault of his own, brings him down his stardom a little bit. Like I watching the Bills today, and I just know the Chiefs. Like I, he's not on those guys' level, or Lamar's playing tonight because of the franchise he's at. Like this franchise is kind of a joke. I'm not saying it's like his fault or anything, but yeah, I mean, I think you're a casual fan. The Chargers have just been in a lot. Like they won a lot of games with Philip. I know their organization's a joke, but they've they've not been a from a wins and loss standpoint in the last. 20 years like they've had some good football teams i think he's just so dynamic i i, I was you know they're a team that everyone thought like you guys got to make the playoffs this year right so I probably won't I, and they, yeah they're, i mean they're three and two but they're but anyway sorry let's talk about injuries still mosley uh acl maybe i think you saw that thing and you know the turf comes up when it comes to bosa i think the turf Hard to know. I'm I'm not a turf expert or a doctor, but when you see the foot kind of plant and not give it all, which is what it looked like happened um, to Mosley, you you think about the turf. But and walking off on an ACL doesn't mean he doesn't tear his ACL, right? Some guys get carted off. Some guys can walk off. It's you yeah, just never know. That's true. He didn't, he didn't walk off. His reaction, and again, guys react differently to different. But his reaction, it felt like he felt like it was serious. That would really suck for him. Like that would be, yeah, it'd be the Odell Beckham going into a free agency year, having a really good season. You know, to me, if he just played out, continued to what he looks like, what's he getting? Like three years, $30 million. He's just a starting corner. He's credible. He can tackle. Like he's feels like at least, right? Yeah. Like, like 25 guaranteed. Yeah. 20 guaranteed. I, I think he was going to get something pretty healthy. Again, like you play into the playoffs, you make some plays. It's, it's a position that not many pick, people exist. Pick say like have a couple of those plays like he made today, a couple more of those. High level guy, Richard like Sherman him. repping you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Not taking a percentage though. But he does. I mean, I Robert Sala, I remember seeing him last week say this guy that made a play. He's like, how do we find out about him? Oh, Richard had played with him in Tampa Bay. He called me when he got cut from the Tampa Bay Bucks. So we picked him up. You know, it's like if you are Richard, just pick up the phone and call about seven different coaches. Uh, that, that would, the Jets might have paid him. That would, I think they they might, right? Uh, that would really Put suck. The sauce, the Packer, like he would have options. Yeah, he would have yeah. options for sure. Yeah, that would be devastating. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds i'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and i also have some season-long 
more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But, I mean, ultimately, guy... Their season, it feels like, I mean, last year they were three and five, right? Now they're three and two. They'd have a chance to get to four and two, and it just feels a lot different trajectory than last year. That would be, you lose your starting corner to an ACL. You've lost Elijah Mitchell to an MCL, which is going to cost him minimum half the season. Ty Davis Price is missing months. Trent Williams is missing probably at minimum four games. I saw people posting pictures of him working out. Uh, Bosa, keep your fucking fingers crossed. Jimmy Ward, I mean, I would say at best he's missing, you know, probably back for the Chiefs game after you give it like a week off to heal and then you cast it up. I mean, these, the injuries are mounting fast and furious. Somehow 
Kittle's already missed a couple games. You forget about because he's back now. I mean, holy shit. I mean, the moment, how about when Debo got hit in the arm on the one player? Like, oh my God, tell me he didn't just break his forearm. They, they just, the collisions they could get in is part of having violent players, but holy shit, guy, do they drop like flies on a yeah. weekly basis. Weekly somebody basis. The, somebody in the chat noting that the Atlanta game is also on turf. So I think even best case scenario, if there's not a severe injury for Bosa, I think we we might be able to rule him out for next week against Atlanta. Feels like they would not put him back on that field. I don't know, but it, they've been careful with him before, right? On an, on an artificial field. Um, again, I, we might be jumping the gun on that, but well, so they that would be just my feeling today, Sunday night. So Falcons turf, Chiefs at home, Rams turf, Chargers on the road, Cardinals, Mexico's grass, but you know, I don't know if it's great grass. Saints at home, Dolphins at home, Bucks at home, at Seattle. Seattle turf? Seattle's turf. Seattle's turf. Raiders? Mark, oh, Mark rolls out the grass, doesn't they he? They get grass for that one, yep. That's good. See, not a cheap owner, John. So they, this is their last turf game of the year. Oh, they go to the Rams. And the Rams. So they got two more turf games. Feels like the Rams got good turf because no one ever complained about it. It doesn't feel like people complain about that. It's turf a good point. There. Yeah, the Chargers have good turf, you mean? Dean. Dean was like, we're putting in turf. Okay, fine. We're putting in turf. Uh, you know, Jason Verrett, I guess, will be maybe some people are suggesting some part of the solution. We'll see. I mean, Diamador Lenore, I think, is probably going to have to be more of the solution. Um, Ambry Thomas still alive, or he just quit? Ambry, I did see him. I did see him late <laughs> in the game. So maybe he has to be part of the solution. I mean, Charvarius Ward, this is where upgrading, not coming into the year with Emmanuel Mosley as your best corner, does pay off a little bit as much as it sucks to lose him, and it sucks to lose him. You have a guy that is looking like a number one corner again today against good receivers. I mean, you know, the Panthers have, well, their quarterback's not very good. They do have very good receivers, um, and Charvarius made multiple plays in the game. So to me, that softens the blow a little bit. Uh, the, the one... I, I, you'd have to put Bose at the top of the list just because he is the maybe the best. He's a top, I would say, would you say in art? What would be inarguable that everyone would agree? Top three defensive player? Yeah. Da- Darnold, I'm mean, Darnold, uh, Donald, Bosa, Parsons. No one would argue with that, right? If you said like he's the best of player, there'd be arguments. If you said he's top two, people would argue. If you said top three, maybe TJ Watt would get some argument. I saw T.J. Watt, like, their record with that when T.J. Watt's been hurt in his career is, yeah. is now up to 0-9. They've never won a game when T.J. Watt is not. I think T.J. Watt's, like, borderline his brother, like, in his peak the last oh, couple of years. Oh, he's, like, the opposite of the Packers post. Devontae, yeah. Or injured Devontae. They've never won a game without T.J. Watt? Nope. 0-8 or maybe today took him to 0-9. So, yeah, I think both is easily. Miles Garrett. You know, on a, are we talking pre or post uh, the – Ferrari flip. We're talking at his be- uh, Porsche at his best. When I saw the Porsche, like Miles, do you fit in that thing? Like, do you fit in that thing? Because it can't be comfortable for you at your size, can it? Can't be. No chance. All those sports cars are so low. Like, it's uncomfortable for you or me to get in. I know. No chance, unless they specifically made it for him, which they but they're might low. Have. Like you, you are. It's so low. I know. It's like, bro, just fucking drive a F one fifty, man. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean he's. Like, here's the thing. The the Niners can't just handle game in, game out without Trent and Bosa. You can't just not have your two best players. You can't. Now, they're not your quarterback, right? So, ultimately, that's the most important position. 
and we'll get into Jimmy here in a second, like if you just get functional quarterback play, like ultimately the Panthers have some flaws. But if I just threw Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert on the team, they would be three and two, right? You know, they, they just wouldn't suck. They'd be fine. So your quarterback play is more important than any other play, like in a vacuum. But just week in, week out, you can't just overcome. There was a play today when Jalen Moore got smoked. It's like he's a third string left tackle. And and when the game ended and you're just like, well, he only gave up one true sack or like only really like you're like, I can probably live with that. But week in, week out, how often can you just roll with the third string uh, left tackle? And then what happens when Bose is out? Well, you're already missing Kinlaw and Armstead who aren't like, hey, Charles Davis, do you not get the uh, the inactives? Like Kinlaw is not dressed out and Armstead's not dressed out. So then there's just a trickle. Down Armstead effect. was tweeting. Yeah, I mean. Think about the trickle-down effect, let's just say, next week. Let's just assume the best. Bosa's just going to need a week, maybe two. Just hopefully it's just tight. They're going to be precautionary. Well, none of those guys are going to go on IR. Well, I guess Kinlaw could at any moment. But which, if you told me next, like on Monday, Kinlaw's out for the season, they're just like, yeah. I mean, But let's just hypothetically say they're going to push this out. Hopefully they can get them right. Those three guys are just going to be scratches. So the, the D-line group is just all of a sudden is Drake Jackson starting, right? You know, all of a sudden these guys givens and you just ask for so much more of the group right. where those guys got to just be like, I, you know, telling their buddies after a win, Hey, it's the best job I've ever had. They're paying me $3 million. I play 15 sacks and three of those series. They say, just fucking play with your hair on fire and attack. This one is like, Hey, the game plan, you got to do this on first down. Like now it's a whole different ball game. Think about Drake Jackson. It's like Drake, you get, you know, you're going to get these series when the flow of the game yep. and maybe and depending he's fresh. On, now it's like, hey, can you give us 45 snaps? I mean, he made a play late, late the second half of the game today. It was just he just looked faster. Than everybody. Which I'm not against, but no, like, it's, ideally it's the his rookie year. Depth you know, is the beauty of having depth. Yeah. It's just waves. It's fucking. I, I felt Harris I Army. felt during the game that you could tell that they were missing some horses. They're just yeah. D line looked a little wasn't as fresh, wasn't getting there. To, you know, toward the second half. And you're like, I would imagine a lot of these guys going to need a Lombardi study here, which I'm sure will come out on like Monday, like the amount of snaps some of the guys played relative to the previous snap, like week one or two when everyone was healthy. Might You, you can easily go from 13 snaps to 28 snaps. If you weigh 300 pounds, like that's a fucking, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. No, it's a good call. Um, uh, Rome says, uh, Ham, why do teams play starters late with the game in hand? Well, it's not college. Your roster, you only got 46 guys. So, you know, I guess you can sub a guy here or a guy there, but you don't have that many extra guys, right? Especially no. Teams are out there trying to come back. They're running four wides. But you already had guys hurt. So, like, once Bose is hurt, like, you can't – this isn't like call everyone off the bench in the Probably NBA. Probably more of a Mosley question, but, yeah. But that's – you just put in Lenore out there? Who's You'd just be like, well, he's also he's already out there. That's what I'm saying. So Max, you know, they're going three, four wide receivers deep. Why is Mosley in the game? Well, I don't know. They're throwing bombs. What, what should he be doing? Drinking Gatorade on the on the table? Like he, he'd probably be like, why would I be out there? I I, I have no issue with going. Like why is Mosley? Like that's a kind of a freak play, man. It is is my pushback on some of this shit is like it's football, guys. It's football. Yeah, to me, it's just you don't have the guys. Like, if you had a bigger roster, Mosley shouldn't be out there up thirty-seven to fifteen in the late in the fourth quarter. He wouldn't be. You're saying if it was college, 
Yeah, I'm just saying if your roster was 60 guys instead of 46, Emmanuel Mosley wouldn't be on the field in that situation, probably. Yeah, I mean, you have five corners dressed. You know, you just your guys just stay on the field. Like Darrell Rivas, Deion Sanders are in in that position. My, my, my point is it's not really, it's not that much of a choice, really. It's just the nature of the roster size. Yeah, I think it's double whammy. Like you say, it's a nature of it. And then back to it's just football. Like you can just get hurt when you play. Like my, my, I guess my pushback always is like, that could easily happen on the third play of the game if they run a go route, like that individual play. Sure, right. Sure. I, I just think some but stuff. I think is back like, to your point on the D line. Just the more snaps you play, the more exposed you are, right? Because yeah, it guess. didn't happen on the third. I, well, just you know, the point. It, it's a dumb conversation, but if you had sixty guys on the team, he's not playing in that spot. He's playing less snaps, and I think the bigger question is why do the Niners consistently get hurt more than any other team? Uh, James on the chat says, because Kyle Shanahan is a final destination movie. <laughs> yeah. Hard to argue. I mean, I will say you look around the whole league and people are hurt everywhere, every week. The Niners got to be near the league leader. It feels like in Kyle's tenure, if we added the whole thing up, it's just. I feel like the Niners could throw stop. their hat in the ring right now. Yeah. I mean, they are missing. Left tackle, multiple running backs. They're missing now a corner, a safety, four, three D linemen, uh, a starting quarterback. Did you say quarterback? Starting quarterback, shattered ankle, kicker, kicker, uh, linebacker who's on IR. Yep, Al Shire. Fire. So, when it comes to starters, <laughs> no. Josh Norman available. But this is also, you know, like part of it is like, why do you draft multiple running backs or three running backs in two years? Why did you draft two corners last year? Because you just draft the best players on your board and you just let the cream rise over the time, right? Like it's one guy who has kind of become, got some love on the internet this year is Aaron Banks, who's clearly pretty good. And it shows you like some guys in football are ready to show up kick ass. Nick Bosa, for example, are just good immediately. Now, he was the second pick in the draft, but a lot of guys just need a little time. And I heard someone say this. It was Todd McShay talking about like, he's like, you know, I think some of the Pac-12 guys got a bad rap coming out that COVID year. He's like, I've had a coach tell me that they weren't allowed to like let other people spot them like the rules out West in 2020 were unlike you're talking about like in a weight room i'm talking the i'm talking the development i'm talking the play well, you say spot you're talking about like on a bench press yeah and squats and just the rules relative like the sec they didn't even know covid was going on once like alabama had their own weight room built that fucking landed dickerson's house and then like the year coming into the nfl they got the otas wiped out in two last year right so it was like a carryover effect. It was just training camp. So some guys, like the SEC guys, had been practicing training like nothing stopped. Yeah. Where a guy like Lenore, Lenore's the Oregon guy, right? Lenore's the Oregon guy. So, and it, they're, they just weren't on the same trajectories as some other schools. You know, like not every school, like right now, this year, everyone's doing the same shit all over the country, right? Yeah. So you're just like, you've had the offseason, the spring ball. Where that year, like not everyone was equals. And then all of a sudden, you don't get spring ball in the pros. And remember, Kyle was like, I didn't think Lenore knew what was going on. Yeah. And then now it feels like 
Kyle loves Lenore. <laughs> like Lenore just beat out Womack out of nowhere. And now Lenore plays a ton. Even when he gets beat, it feels like he's right there. Just got beat in the slot by, you know, a really good receiver. Okay. Shit happens. So I get my point is that some players, a lot of players, the majority of the league who is not a top five pick, they just come on at different rates. You know, some guys by the middle of their second year, it's like, God, we really got something here. But a year ago, it's easy to be like, oh, Lenore, missed pick. Why do they draft all these corners? Or why do they? Now, sometimes you just whiff, right? Clearly, the Trey Sermon thing, you know, running backs, I'd say pop the fastest. It's like you kind of know right away, like, what's up? And they just like, we whiffed and you move on. But they'd also be like, well, why we drafted three running backs in two years and two of them we feel really good about. We get rid of the one. Trey Lance, for example, says Carlton. But he's already, yeah, he, I mean, he's a good example of his whole development. The problem is development at quarterback. It's just, it's just hard. You can't just like rotate a guy in. Like ultimately Lenore right, right now is getting rotated in and playing at slot. So it's like, maybe we feel like he'll get even get more comfortable. He can be an outside corner and he, then he can do both. You can't just like ease Trey in. Hell, they try to do this year and everyone freaked out. Like you're running him too much. It's like, well, fuck, what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is the argument for Trey. I think it's very fair, though. The counter argument for quarterbacks is like, well, this is not just no one care Lions. Like every game matters. So it's like it's in a very, very weird spot. Yeah. Didn't get through the show without talking about Trey today, but we're getting further away. But, it, but again, he is ultimately he's part of this story. Like as they like, is this team going to win the division? Like, are they going to be a division champ and host a playoff game? Well, they're in first place right now in the NFC West. They've played two divisional games. They've won them both. They haven't played the Cardinals yet. They play the Rams in two weeks. So, and it's not just, and you said this to me before we started uh, the show today. It's not just that the Rams lost. It's right now the Rams offense is. Now they did play the Niners defense and the Cowboys defense, right? They played Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons back-to-back weeks. But they don't look great right now. They've lost back-to-back weeks, despite the fact that they're, you know, they, that uh, I want to call him Cooper Rush, Cooper Cup has balled. I don't know what, how many kicks he have against the Niners. I think he had twelve today. He was over hundred yards. He's dominating. Um, the Cardinals. Uh, I was lucky enough to be on the on video with Middlecoff during that um, missed kick. Uh, it broke his heart to see the Cardinals uh, miss that kick for OT. I, I threw a pen earlier when uh, Cade York, hopefully Jed's Who? cousin, the Browns kicker, oh, when he oh. when he missed the kick to beat the Chargers after Brand Saley goes for it at the fifty yard line. Yeah, so there's two teams that I openly like. I get joy in watching them lose the Cardinals and the Chargers. The uh, overall standings right now in the NFC: Phillies five and zero, Minnesota's four and one, Tampa's three and two, Niners are three and two, Dallas is four and one. The Giants, who beat the Packers in London this morning, uh, four and one, and the Packers are, are three and two. The Rams right now at two and three are not in the playoff picture. You know, the Niners were just in that spot, and neither are the Cardinals, who are also two and three right now. What so, what is the Rams record? Two and three. You know that the you know who plays Sunday night football this upcoming week? Uh Rams. No. Uh, Cowboys Cowboys at Philly. Oh, wow. Eagles wow. early line, like minus five and a half. So Eagles pretty big favorite. So Eagles could be six and oh, Cowboys could be five and one with a win, four and two with a loss. 
We got some big games this week. Buffalo, Kansas City, Dallas, Philly. Who do the Giants play? Do you have the schedule in front of you? Yeah, the Giants. Play the Ravens. Who we're about to play right now. Yeah, so I, my thought being if somehow if they win, I unlikely, but. I'm going to take the Ravens in that spot, I think. Yeah, I, I guess they probably won't be in first place in the NFC East. Sneaky, decent game. I mean, Minnesota at Miami. The hard part is like, is Miami playing this undrafted free agent at quarterback? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's now again. Then I you got to keep winning to make this stuff matter. But it's pretty incredible <laughs> considering who would have guessed if the Niners had lo- if you said before the season the Niners will lose to the Bears and the Broncos, but they'll be in first place after five weeks of the season. I would not have thought that would be the case. Yeah, I, I would have had a hard time seeing the Rams be two and three. You could have convinced me three and two. Maybe they're tied at three and two, and they beat the Rams. Like that's the kicker. Uh, but I, I couldn't. Have, I couldn't have seen the Rams being two and three. And I think here's the thing with the Rams. We talked about it last week. They are so dependent, like you were just talking about, on the one guy. The Niners do have a lot of weapons, so their quarterback can be a roller coaster ride. Even though I thought today was the best game he's had in a long time, they have a lot of weapons. I mean, Debo is a stud. Ayuk is excellent. Kittle being back makes a huge difference. And, I mean, at any moment, Jawan Jennings can just break a tackle and go 20, 30 yards, right? Like, even the play today where he catches that out route. Now, I know it's not there. It's J.C. Horn. It's not J.C. Horn. It was, like, C.J. Henderson, who was, I think, once a top 10 pick. He kind of easily just gives him that body type balances out the group pretty well. 15 looks like a fucking monster. It does. <laughs> he yeah. had the one, the one sweet play where he like bounces off the guy and he goes. You're like, he's a third down good. machine in particular. <laughs> like he makes plays when it's kind of nut cutting time, right? He's got a little tight end ish to him, doesn't he's, he? For a guy that drops the ball, you trust him a lot. Uh, Cooper Cup the last two weeks, John twenty one catches for two hundred forty seven yards, and they've lost both games. And the Niners just aren't as dependent on one individual, even Debo, right? Just because. Ayuk at any moment can get multiple first downs. Kittle, someone texts me, they're like, God, Kittle fumbles a lot. And then that shows the thing. He's only had two lost fumbles. Maybe they've f- fallen on a lot of fumbles, but two lost fumbles in his career. Yeah, that he, does he, seem. He just takes on about seven people every play. I, I was watching today. Uh, I was on a Southwest flight, which gives you live TV during the Packer game. So I was Well, you watching. get live TV on Southwest? Yeah, you can stream it to like, your iPad. Damn. And, um, I was watching uh, some of the NFL game and then the giant, like it was kind of not a great game for a period of time. So I switched over and started watching like NFL countdown. I was flipping around. You don't have to pay for internet on Southwest. You have to pay if you want to like do some work, but the TV streaming is free or, or movies or whatever. Cause they don't have headrest, you know, um, monitors. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I look, I just sit down. I look over and the guy next to me is watching the football game and I'm like, Oh shit, I can watch the football game. How'd you do that? You just went you Sunday. Go tickets? to the Southwest website on your iPad and you start streaming. Wow, or your phone or whatever. But one of the things watching the through, through their streaming. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, good nugget. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, live. I mean, you go. I've flown a lot of Southwest in the last couple of years. Um, but one thing watching the ESPN show, I think it was Randy Moss, and they, you know, now Randy obviously played for the Vikings, so maybe he's a little bit of a, a Vikings homer. But there, he his thing was, I think the Vikings are for real because I think Kevin O'Connell's a really good coach. And, you know, we spent some time talking about Mike McDaniel and the Niners losing Mike McDaniel. 
I'm sure other people, maybe Rams people, have spent time talking about Kevin O'Connell. I don't know. But Kevin O'Connell's team is 4-1, and one, and the Rams right now have scored 19 points in two weeks. So does that matter? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Shanahan has said, and the same would apply to McVay, like the league is different than it used to be for those guys because everybody has seen their stuff or everyone's running their stuff. If you play a Shanahan offense, you also play a McVay, you play a McDaniel, you play a LaFleur, you play a LaFleur, you play a Zach Taylor, you play a Kevin O'Connell. Like it's just a little harder for those offenses now. And, um, I, you know, there are, I, I think their offensive line's not great. There's other things we could point to. Well, I, I think but. one issue, and you saw it today with the Niners. You knew he had a fantastic game today, and he's really been awesome since well, I was like, God, he looks slow. Turned out it was the mud. Jeff Wilson Jr. is a pretty good player. Yeah. I mean, he ran his ass off today. He's busted big runs. I mean, he went for over 100 yards. But the Niners will run the ball, and they will stick with it. Sean will not. Sean is just, like, to me, the parallels of him and Kyle – you can be like, well, he's got Matt Stafford. I, I think he's just been inclined. Like, he is much more closer. He's got more Andy Reid in him than Kyle does. And well, it makes sense, right? If you just, at your core, you're like, well, yeah, these guys originally hired me, but at my core, I'm a wide receiver. I like throwing the ball more. Never forget, Sean's a wide receiver, too. <laughs> One guy idolizes Ed McCaffrey because of his blocking. If you told me, Sean, who's your idol? Or who was your hero? He's like, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. I don't know. I mean, Ed, Ed's also kind of nuts, you know? Ed's kind yeah. of nuts. Like I think McCaffrey. Ed's Ed's you know yeah McCaffrey is nuts. I think he's a little. I think Ed's just a little. You know I've talked to him before. For I did one of their football games. He's the coach at like North Colorado. Now why is Ed McCaffrey the coach at North Colorado? Because he fucking loves football. You know what I mean? Like Ed's just like you can't play the way Ed McCaffrey played without being fucking crazy for football. But do you agree that like philosophically, I think their core core beliefs. Yeah, I think you're right probably tend to like if you just had to start you couldn't run the offense that they both you know the run game the zone you just had to start from scratch Kyle would be like start from a running scratch Sean would start from a yeah (laughs) he would be more inclined to do some run oriented 1970 something and and Sean would be much more likely to like run Mike Leach's offense I think don't let Kyle find out that there's an offense where you can trust the quarterback even less it's called Mike Leach is sneaky killing it by the way Who'd they beat this week? They had a big game. AM. No. No. no they beat Alabama. them last week. They beat they beat Arkansas. Killed them. They're you guys, Leach's quarterback's killing it. Mike, Mike Leach just wins everywhere he goes. I mean, it's pretty crazy. He's 155. I looked it up and hundred. And I would imagine the majority of conference games he's had at Tech, at Washington State, and now at Mississippi State. Less than 30% of them, he's had the better teams, like the better recruiting Roster, classes and yeah. better rosters. Yeah. I remember there was a stretch in the Pac-12 when he was tied for the second most league wins over like a five-year stretch. It was like David Shaw and then Chris Peterson and Mike Leach tied. So, or maybe for reverse, maybe. No, it was Shaw and then those two. But anyway, um, no, I agree. It's part of why the re- the Niners won week 18 last year because they punted away to the Rams and the Rams couldn't run the football. Yeah. And part of it is they've been looking for a running back, but you'd say Kyle just gets running backs and makes them running backs and they run the ball with them, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they have one major difference is the Niners are going to miss two straight first-round picks. They've missed, I mean, years of first-round picks, and then some years even second-round picks. <laughs> I, I mean, they have had several years where their first draft pick is in the third round. And if you think about the Niners, like Aaron Banks is a starter. Drake Jackson is going to be a starter. Like they have, like the Rams haven't had second-round picks. So that trickle-down effect is pretty big, and that – 
like one big difference. I, I didn't watch any of the Rams game, but just watching them play, wouldn't you say like the Niners are a deeper team than they are? They just have three or four more impact players yeah, than the Rams yeah. have. Well, I it's I thought we talked about this last week. When you watch the Rams, you think, what would they do without Cooper Cup? And obviously, when you watch Debo, you're like, what would you do without Debo? But there's Ayuk and the when you watch the Rams, like what would they do without Cooper? I, I, from what I saw that game today, I don't know what the numbers said, but Matt, it felt like Matthew Stafford was just getting pelted all day by the Cowboys defense. And for all the questions of the Niners offensive line, it does feel like Jimmy, the Niners kind of avoid and the run game is part of that. They avoid those games where Jimmy is just getting hammered play after play after play. He got hit in the Broncos game, but um, Cooper Rush you know. was 10 to 16 for 100 yards. Wow. <laughs> His defense won him that game. I mean, they, again, they, they scored 10 points, John. They scored nine points against the Niners. They scored 10 points. And by the oh, way, my. they scored 10 week one against the Bills, and they scored 20 against the Cardinals. Like, 20 is not a ton of points. Well, here's what I do know. And the Panthers' defense is not bad. If you can consistently they get play next eight, week. 18 of 30s, for 250 yards and a couple touchdowns. And I know the one play was a hold on the two-point conversion where Jimmy hit Ayuk. That was a nice play. Like, I thought Jimmy today was... Of the last two years, I mean, that it's hard to... That Week 18 drive that he had, you know, and, and a couple drives against the Rams were fantastic. But just overall game, just look calm. Even when he got sacked, just a couple runs that even got called back for holding. It just... That's, that's a really good Jimmy game. And I, I think he looks dramatically better than he did two weeks ago. Just comfort. I, I thought the ball was much more accurate out of his hands. Uh, you know, I don't think it's making an excuse to go. I, I do think when you take a step back and the, the polarization of the situation and you go, you know, it's kind of understandable that he looks better now than he did three weeks ago after not really doing much for nine months and not even really practicing with the team. I don't know until September 2nd, right? I mean, you, you and I saw his training. Like it's, that was an NFL, I'd say on college standards, would be pretty low, right? He's just making some throws on the side with a couple skinny white interns. I mean, it was, it's hard to really describe. I know a lot of people have seen probably bits and pieces, but like if you just watched it, it was what, 30 minutes max? Just kind of doing some routes? Not and even routes. I mean, they just stood there and he, yeah. he kind of did some stuff. Forget about the timing, right? And unfamiliar offensive line that is different than it was the last time he played for the team, especially without Trent. Forget about the timing of playing at a real NFL speed. Played whatever you want. No joint practices. No preseason games. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. He, and yeah, I he, didn't, put on, he didn't put on pads. He wasn't wearing a helmet. I'm yeah. not saying like, that's the end-all be-all, but it was just... We did zero <laughs> things that mimic getting ready to play real football games. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, he did the things that mimic playing all-time quarterback in a pickup game. Um, pretty impressive zero to 60 just to get here in three weeks, right? Really the, the throws against the Panthers that were dicey where it felt like they were trying to get the ball. Of course they were Debo had five targets in the first half of the game with no catches. They finally they gave him the ball. He had, a, he had one carry in the first half, but he did not have a catch in the first half on five targets. And it felt like it's, it was because. It felt like five targets were too many for Debo in the first half because the balls that did go his way, there were at least two, if not three, Panthers around him. Like it felt like they were making a concerted effort. We're taking Debo away in this first half, and it was Kittle and Kittle and Kittle, and that was fine. Kittle had five catches in the first half and use check. Um, 
and it almost felt like the Niners were like, fuck it. We are just going to, I'm throwing it to Debo. Let's get it to Debo. Even if there's two or three guys around him. And some of those plays were pretty dicey. He also had a good ball to Debo that Debo dropped later in the game. So well, you I, could tell he peaked. He's like, where am I going with this yeah, motherfucker? I'm taking this one to the house. In front of my this, friends this guy family. back to my left, I'm going to make him miss. And then get ready, fellas. The show's on. I got 75 family members up there. And they're all going to see me do about three 360s in the open field and score. And I don't know if anyone can tell me if that was Debo's baby that was in the crowd. It looked like there was a, a woman sitting next to his dad and they were holding the baby. That I would bet on that baby being a a, a very good athlete in the near future. Because that SEC? Baby SEC baby. That was an yeah. SEC baby. Yes. So yeah. probably ain't going to Boise or Fresno, you don't like? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh so I, I thought they tried to force it to him a couple of times early, and, and those throws were uh, – he made a nice throw to Ayuk later in the game. I love that they got the ball to Kittle. Like you said, they had a good play to Kittle that was called back because of the, um, the penalty on McGlinchey. Some good throws to uh, check to Tevin Coleman made some nice plays, to Juwan Jennings. It just felt like an offense that had, you know, a little trustworthiness and some rhythm to it. Yeah, I mean, Coleman, how about that little addition? He looked pretty good. I mean, a very th- there is something to be said. And he, here was, here's another difference between Sean and Kyle. Kyle is so dead set on the run game. When he is comfortable with you, you just fit right back in like a puzzle piece. <laughs> the Rams can't find a running back to save their life because they, they've become much more of a spread offense. Where Kyle, at the end of the day, he is going to run the zone pitch, basically, where he pitches it to you and everyone's zone blocking. You get a full speed running laterally about 15 steps, and then you're supposed to hit the hole hard. And Coleman did it a couple times. I don't know. It looked pretty awesome. <laughs> like it looked like that looked like a guy. He was just on the street a couple weeks ago. So they can plug and play at that position much easier. And especially now with just all these guys all over the league are running this scheme. Like he, the guys kind of bounce back. Maybe they draft players. Like part of the reason, right, he got cut. I think he came from the Jets. It was definitely on the Jets a year ago. But, you know, these teams just draft running backs. You just kind of run out of spots. You know, all of a sudden, Mostert takes a spot at Miami. And there's just a trickle-down effect of just, you know, some bodies. And there's just these guys land back on the open market. And he, I thought he added a, a, just some an extra oomph behind Wilson. All of a sudden yeah. you had a pretty good one, two combination. Oomper, I mean, maybe spark would be the like, I mean, they ran for, I think the Niners are pretty hard to beat when Jimmy doesn't throw a pick and they run for 150 plus yards. Yeah. Like they're just, <laughs> they're going to be, I think Kyle, I, I think I heard Richard say, and, and well, I mean, not to get greedy and they convert third downs. I think I heard Richard say on like Amazon or somewhere, did I think Kyle, I think Kyle had a uh, a stat that he used to tell the team like we hit you know 125 yards and so many carries so many attempts it's just because you're not going to attempt 30 plus when you're down right so if we're attempting 30 plus and we're being effective with it four plus yards of carry or whatever that is a winning formula in in the Shanahan's world you know I think Andy'd be like what what's your math like what I don't even I don't even what. <laughs> It just depends. It's, Sean doesn't want that at the end of the day. Like Andy Reid does not want to play like that. Sean yeah. McD- Sean McVay does not want to play like that. Watching the Bills, like I think Sean McDermott at his core grew up that way. Like he's a defensive guy, wants to kind of play tough. But the, the hand he's dealt right now, wouldn't he be crazy to not throw bombs? And they throw bombs and they hit. At one point in time today, Gabriel Davis had two catches for 160 yards. 
That was that him that caught that touchdown, ninety-eight yards, where he had to rip it away from the defender. That was also him. Yeah, that was an incredible play. Defender. That was Minka Fitzpatrick. That was an incredible play. I mean, it was a pick. Well, he took it, it away, and then he, he took, took it back. back. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, yeah, that was incredible. I the other thing I love. This is a great Jimmy game. Are the Bills to me. the new Chiefs? Just throwing bombs. Oh yeah. They feel more physical than the Chiefs were. I just mean like the Chiefs don't throw as many bombs. They just don't have as many bomb guys. Yeah. Tyreek Davis just goes deep. Tyreek had a run today that was stupid on like some screen that looked like it was going to get no yards. And somehow Tyreek made nine yards and a first down out of it. It was ridiculous. Was Gabriel Davis the guy that played at UCF that you said that torched Stanford years ago? Paulson Adebo, yeah. He he torched who? Paulson Adebo, remember that was the guy who was like going to be the first round corner out of Stanford. And then Gabriel Davis said, no, I'm sweet, and I'm going to yeah, rush you. I think he had multiple big touchdowns on him. Kind of like that touchdown. Um, two carries for Debo Samuel. It's back-to-back weeks where Debo has not had to carry the ball a lot. Now, again, it's the Panthers. It doesn't work like that every week. but I think they mentioned that in the broadcast. Like He hasn't really been lined up at running back. Isn't part of that like Wilson and Coleman are yeah, running getting the ball another running back? Because last week, only one run, there was only one running back that carried the ball, remember, against the Rams. It was only Jeff Wilson Jr. was the only running back that carried the ball. So I think Kyle shows you, like, ultimately, I don't want to kill 19. Uh, but it, but if I just have, let's face it, we're going to lose a running back every minimum every three games. So sometimes 19 just has to kick in there. I don't, I don't think he, I think he's shown enough now. He'll do it more out of desperation than just like, I, I'm trying to outsmart the world here. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I agree with that. But, um, you know, like, I think one thing you notice is he is just not like like I watched a lot of the Bills game. Diggs is just a remarkable wide receiver, right? I mean, he's just a stud wide receiver. You watch the Niners, like Ayuk is just made to run routes and start and stop and work. Justin Jefferson, Debo is a star, but he's not like that's not. I even saw DK had a sweet like go route post for a touchdown from Geno. Debo's touchdowns are really. Part of why he dropped that ball is because he's like, this is how I score. I break this tackle. I'm going to make this guy miss the second level, and then I'm going to score, and I'm going to point at my family. Yeah. Because that's – like it's like you didn't even crush it's him play, off the drop. Or playground football. Yeah. He's not a route runner. But like, he's so good it doesn't necessarily matter in a weird way. Because you usually like when a wide receiver is not a great route runner, it's like, well, he better be physically unstoppable. But it's like they don't really get Debo the ball that much like that, even though no. they can, but it's not – he's just not going to play like them. No, I mean, it's – and in some ways it's a higher percentage play because the the throw should be a higher completion percentage rate, right? It well, I think there was requires... a quick – I think there was a quick slant in the game. They were clearly running for him, and uh, the dude batted it down. But it was – the guy was way off oh. Debo, and it felt like all of a sudden then all Debo is one little Allen Iverson – you know, cut back juke to Jimmy shake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody made the comment. I lost it here. I was going to pop it up. How about Kyle Shanahan going forward on fourth down and three? Yeah, it was fourth and three at the Carolina 43. Uh, third quarter, eight minutes and change left. The Niners were up eight because the Panther had Panthers had gone for two to make it a six point game. Um, didn't get it, and it was seventeen Weird to nine. Decision. That one, I was like, "What? Well, like, okay, it's what the chart says. Fine." 
I'll, I'll look forward to Nebraska doing that next year. Although you could hire Matt Rule like next week, probably if you want. It, it felt a little bit like, okay, Dave Tepper, you, your guy keeps telling me to do this. I'll fucking do it for you. Could have been, but it feels like Rule would also be very pro analytic. So I don't know. In any event, <laughs> let's talk about the fact that Kyle Shanahan went for it fourth and three up one score at at the opposition's 43-yard line, pre-injury to his kicker. One, I think it's a no-brainer. Punting at the 43, because you're not kicking a field goal there, right? That's a... Not to, out of field goal range. Yeah, so it's out of field goal range. 60-yarder. You are not punting, playing the Carolina Panthers up eight, so they can't take the lead even if you get stuffed. You're playing Baker Mayfield in one of the worst offenses in the league. To me, a punt there would have been an embarrassment. Now, going for it, everyone's like, well, they got bailed out on the P.I. Well, that's part of why you go for it is because you watch the NFL. They fucking throw flags every other play. Now, where I don't like going for it there is when you just run it up the gut. Some teams do that, right? Brand Staley does that, and you get stuff. That's, to me, it's like, well, what's the play call? I have absolutely, that's what I want out of Kyle Shanahan. And what kind of pisses me off is I think it's easy for him to go for it because he doesn't see an equal. He doesn't see a team where, in his mind, we're losing this game. Because I think at that point, he goes, these guys can't beat us. Because even if we do give it up and they score, like they haven't scored multiple touchdowns all season long. I mean, they can't guy, they can't score 17 points. So the the point, it, it was, in a weird way, an easy situation to go for. I think if he, in the Chiefs situation, at Levi's, 17 to 9, does he play the same way? I don't know. That's I would say his history would say no. I think he does it against weaker opponents, which I'm all for. Step on their neck, kill them. I think you do that against the best opponents, and that's where it gives yourself a better chance. You know, it's not fourth and seven. Like fourth and three to me is right on the line, but fourth and one, fourth and two, I would say he's been inclined against better teams to punt in that situation up. I hope moving forward. Maybe he's done some hell. Maybe he's done some introspection. And you realize I need to be a little more aggressive. Um, maybe he has. I'm inclined to believe that it was that it was somewhat opponent dependent. I also don't think he's completely opposed. I think he probably does see the value in that game in going for it fourth and three in that spot, not in that game. I mean, I think it's to your point. I'm with you. I don't. I want to see it in other games before I think that's just what they're going to do because against the Panthers, it's just a lower risk, you know, decision. Um, because even if, you know, the, the chiefs can turn an eight point deficit into a 12, a 10 point lead real quick. And like you said, the Panthers just weren't going to do that. Um, but the Panthers had just scored on them, you know, to start the second half It scored a touchdown on them. Right. But to me, when you're playing Herbert or you're playing Mahomes, totally. being aggressive to score more points, even if it ends up leading to Absolutely. a field goal, is much more important than punting and hoping your defense can just always bail you out. And I think now, you know, I you're at the point now you're putting a lot of pressure on the back seven if Bosa misses a significant time and now you're missing Armstead and Kinlaw. Like that's a that's a lot of juice up front with those three guys out, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually you said Kansas City, and you're right. I I think the Atlanta game is going to be kind of an interesting test if they're in the same spot because Atlanta should just be a little bit better. They are. I mean, they've scored more points than Carolina is. They're a little scarier. Probably a little better home field advantage for Atlanta than there was for Carolina. You can always tell. The fastest way to tell how many Niner fans are there is for Kyle Uzcheck to touch the ball, and um, 
there were a lot of juice juice calls. <laughs> a lot of juice calls. Uh, you know, I just think it's going to be – I think Atlanta is just a better environment than Carolina, a tougher environment than Carolina. It's a dome. I think there's a there's just a little more urgency, a little more nerves to go play the Atlanta Falcons, like you said earlier. Here's the thing um, with Atlanta, guy. 26 points, 27 points, 27 points, 23 points. Today, I mean, I think the Bucs are one of the better defense in the league, 15 points. Yeah. And they're getting kind of housed. You you are going to have to score more. Um, Staying at the Greenbrier. Staying at the Greenbrier. Record's very good when you stay at the Greenbrier. That was a good graphic on the broadcast that I didn't. I missed that. They threw that up there? They threw a graphic up, yeah, about like their record when they have back-to-back. And it said at the bottom, like, Green State, their Greenbrier. It said it. I thought you saw it. That's why you were making that comment. I, Greg Pop, I'm like, where are they staying? He's like, Greenbrier. Uh, I mean, they were going to, if they didn't score the touchdown on that drive, they were going to kick the field goal, right? And I got I got no issue with that. It was more just a play to get, to get up, eight, up multiple gonna, scores. Yeah. And luckily, they for them, they it was actually, that was actually a pretty nice Garoppolo play, that touchdown throw to Debo. It, it really was. I viewed the eight points, though, against the Panthers as a little bit larger than, you know, eight points against the Chiefs might as well be one point. The eight points against the Chargers feels about 14, you know. I mean, I meant the Panthers. Like, they, their offense is pretty, pretty putrid. It, Pitts, it's pretty Pitts did not play today um, for Atlanta. Cordell Patterson. Somebody in the chat just said Cordell Patterson. He's on IR. Uh, is, uh, is also out. Drake London had four for 35. Actually, he hasn't been bad. Pitts Drake has London? the hamstring. Yeah, Drake London's whenever I've yeah, I mean, he got hurt them. in like the first, second series of the preseason, but... Kyle Pitts has had a weird career. Last year, he didn't do that much. Only has one tight end or one touchdown. When I say he didn't do that much, I mean, he had... Probably had 60-plus catches in this fucking thing. Uh, but this year, this... I mean, the stats... He has 10 catches this year. He's played in four games, and now he's hurt. Because that would be a tough matchup. That would yeah. for the matters. It'd be he, had, he had sixty-eight catches last year for a thousand yards, but he only had one touch. He, he had a bunch one of touches. Touch. Oh yeah, no one. one. I can remember. It was either he had a weird uh, ratio. That's a weird ratio. They are playing a, a coach yards. whose dad's worth billions of dollars. And what do you think that? How does that play into this game? <laughs> What well, just shows you that his Arthur Smith's love of football, like he doesn't have to be doing this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You got to well, do it. Was one of those do whatever you want. What, what do you love, Arthur? You could football say day. somewhat the same thing about Kyle, but I feel like Mike wouldn't have just given Kyle money. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mike's not worth no, it. Kyle easily could have been. Arthur could have been the same, right? You just on a staff, you're kind of a fuck up. But you're just yeah. there because the head yeah. coach knows you. Your dad knows your dad, and you're allowed to hang around. Basically, what people thought Lane Kiffin was before it turned out he was a really good football coach. He won again, six and zero. When do they play? Do they? Does he play Leach? Well, he has to. They're in the. Well, yeah. It's what the is that game? Apple. It's not the Apple Cup. It's the whatever the rival. The big spoon. The battle for the the big spoon. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Egg bowl. Is that the egg bowl? Is that what it is? Egg yes, the egg bowl. Yeah, egg, egg bowl. bowl. Yeah, fuck yeah. Last game of the season. Lane's probably got some tough games coming up. Uh, he hasn't I mean, played Bama. Leach plays Kentucky this week, Alabama Le- next Le- week. Levis is hurt. Levis didn't play yesterday, and they lost. Games in Lexington. Then they play in Tuscaloosa. They still go to Starkville. Uh, oh, no. Starkville is where they're from. They still – oh, they host Georgia. And then they uh, go to Oxford. 
Who does Lane have left? Uh, Lane plays Auburn this week. They suck. At LSU. Another win, so they're 8-0. At A&M. 9-0. Quarterback yep. sucks. Alabama. In Oxford. That one's tough, but it's going to be crazy. I would probably invite, have just a, a Manning night. You'd be like, well, they're all in the ring of honor. Well, I just have the Manning night. <laughs> Whenever I played Alabama and Lane was there, we would just have Manning night. Well, what is it? Well, it's just it's just their night. <laughs> <laughs> we just bring them out. That game could be huge. That game could be huge. Yeah, they finished with Alabama at Arkansas and Mississippi State. So. A um, couple other notes, NFC, just playoff. I mean, big picture-wise, we mentioned the, the standings, but I did want to just rattle you. Could, I'm just, just going to rattle you some stuff, John, and um, and we can just react to react to a few things that happened today. So Packers lose to the Giants. Giants 4-1, and one, Packers 3-2. and two. That's bizarre. Uh, I didn't watch much of that game, but when I woke up at like 7.30, I flipped on my phone what the score was. It was 17-3. I'm like, oh, this got a classic. Yes. You know, 33 to 13 written all over it. And then I look a little bit later, and it's tied. I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden, it's 27 to 20. And then I watch the final drive where Rodgers gets the ball batted down. Do you see that? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's a pretty devastating loss. I'm pretty sure it was a home Packer game. Ugh. So you're going to lose a home game and lose to the Giants? Who? Somehow, or I don't know how they're doing it, but they're Four doing one. it. Uh, Bucks, did you, how about the Grady Jarrett roughing the passer penalty? You know, pretty, you get a divorce. He, I, 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 he's done a lot for the league. You just throw He gets a bone thrown his way every once in a while. Uh, I'm, I don't want to name names because I don't want to blow up his spot, John. But let's just say I was talking to a uh, – an undefeated football coach on uh, Saturday who told me that he got the officials to uh, call two penalties that actually were not by the rule book, but he he told the officials they got it wrong, and so they changed the call. So Nick Saban told you that? that is, uh, yeah, you just got to go through the list of undefeated coaches, John. Yeah, go through the list of undefeated coaches. Well, see, you can't – see, you are – a couple yesterday, did you see the Washington State highlight where the guy got a targeting for blocking – on I like haven't a, watched that one yet. It was just on today's some uh, of the targeting makes tape. me just puke in my mouth, get so angry. If you're going to be pro health and pro safety, we can't get mad at Tom Brady. Then they're always going to lean, throw the flag. No, I, I think we can. <laughs> I think we can say <laughs> that was pretty bad. Did you have a targeting cool. call in your game yesterday? Uh, tar- they uh, that they got they overturned it. Yeah, kid didn't get ejected. Did not get no. Well, thank God. Um, and I witnessed about I, I witnessed about four yesterday, and every single time I just, I if it was my son, I a uh, shoe might go through the TV. It, it, the unfairness to the child that the he gets, child, the young, child, at least young adult. I mean, it, it is it's the most unfair thing for all the things that we fight about in society, and the different political people grandstand about that they don't give a shit about. This is one that I don't know how any human watches and thinks this is insane. The kid leaves the game. Th- these are kids. They oh, only get so many games. Now look, I think it's very fair to be to think that it's too harsh, but I mean, I'm not. Th- these are not victims here. It I is. Look- I, I think it's borderline. Like it's outrageous treatment of fucking a college football player to kick him out of a game. 
I, yeah, I just you you, you can't. Know, I mean, you, you honestly you honestly think it's not that like at this point in time the lawsuits the NFL doesn't kick anyone out. Of the game. It's not necessary. Like it's an overstep. And yeah, I hope I, when these two fucking conferences just, join and they get rid of the NCAA that they fucking flip that rule back to like fifteen yard penalty. They, no they one might, all that stuff game. might be fine, but the idea that this is like some crime against humanity, I think is. It's. I, I think it's a legitimate point to say guys should not get kicked out of games. I think that's a legitimate point. That's fine. It's a complete but, overstep at this point. I. But think. but the idea that like after everything that the sport went through, which is what they're really, you know, everything the sport went through, they don't. They want to feel. They want people to feel like you are safe playing this sport as a kid, right? Now there is just an inherent nature or for parents. There's just an inherent danger to the sport that you're just never going to take out of it there's no question about that but what ultimately what they want is you to pick your head up while you're making tackles that's what they want right and maybe i don't know i'm not dante hightower i did see dante hightower dante whitner there was friday night dante whitner's calling the san jose state game san jose state unlv and and they're like dante the play-by-play guy's like dante you you, you play in this area what do people remember? What do you remember about playing for the Niners? He's like, well, I remember knocking Pierre Thomas out. <laughs> like he was very, it was the first thing he said. And then they're like, and then they, they're like, well, what do people say to you when they see? He's like, they're like, you knocked Pierre Thomas out. <laughs> and then they're like, uh, well, just a reminder, folks, Doug Brumfield, the UNLV quarterback, left this game with what appeared to be a concussion earlier, <laughs> you know. You know, they show him getting slammed to the ground and his but head see, the to me, that's somewhat of the hypocritical nature of like when you're a defender, your job is to inflict punishment on 100%. these people. There's no question. There was a there and, was, and at this point now, obviously Hitner played it. I mean, his nickname was Hitner, a Dante Hitner. The game is completely different. These guys are coached up, and no one is trying to do that. This is the human element of like pick your head up. Well, it's like that's easy to tell. When you're sitting on the sideline as an official, it's clearly very of difficult. Course, of to course, do. of course. But these what? are, you know, football coaches are on the rules committee. Like it's not. Well, just- I know. And they have they have added to it and they've done a good job. And then like today, Teddy Bridgewater gets a, a what potential concussion goes back, clears all the protocols completely cleared. Yeah. They're like, he's out for the game. So they are. Here's my thing with the Dolphins. They are just in. I. I I didn't read. I mean, everything the NFL is putting out about this, like I, I'm not reading 17 paragraphs on your fucking official thing, but they're clearly going back and forth because I think whoever got fired from Miami is like, I followed the letter of the law. Sure. Like I did exactly what I was. I'm getting thrown. This is kind of like the politics of the situation. You're just making an example out of me when I followed the rules specifically. I, I didn't break anything. I didn't. I had a back injury, according to me or what we saw. And to me, the Teddy Bridgewater thing, he's completely fine. And they just don't like the Dolphins specifically are now. And I don't blame them. Like they couldn't put him back into the game, they but they are, they are just making it up as they go. Cause this yeah, notion, a lot of people push back. Cause I said last week, like no team since this concussion protocol has come out. Like if Tua had just gone through what he went through on the Thursday night game, it looks awful. And the fencing with the, it was uncomfortable for every human to watch. But once he clears MRI and was like, well, he's actually completely fine. And he, they would have been like, he's in the concussion protocol. We're going to take it very slow. If he had cleared, let's just pick a date, Wednesday, he clears. I would say in the history of this new protocol, Tua Tonga-Vailoa plays this week, right? 
if the MRI had come back perfectly, no issues, he had been completely fine, it was just a concussion? Uh, yeah, I think so, unless they thought that the first concussion happened the previous if, – if like in no, hindsight – No, no, I, I'm, like, say, I'm saying that never happens. The, oh, the just, only concussion is the yeah. night where he goes down. And then even he though it looks protocol Thursday. Yeah, he plays. 100%. So they they clearly just made up the rule. Might have been forced that the NFL said, you're not allowed to play in him. And then today, clearly they're like, well, we can't put this guy back in the game. No. Even though yeah. Teddy might be on the side like, I'm fine. Well, that's part of the problem with the protocols. The guy might be saying he's fine, right? Well, But like, what if that he you, legitimately you're counting was? on players saying, I'm, oh, I'm okay. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I saw you do whatever you did an hour ago. That's what one of the two stories I read was like part of the problem with any protocol when it comes to concussions is play like you're asking people to self-report symptoms, right? Yeah, I can't just test you and be like, oh, you're ninety, you're ninety-nine degrees, you have a temperature. But then all these guys, then that when they clear protocol, always come back in the game. It feels like, yeah, a thousand percent, all the time. Uh, RG three did say that the roughing the passer in the Falcons game affects the integrity, impacts the integrity of the game. So keep an eye on that. I, uh, I, he's one guy. I'm out on. I no for just, the. I don't know for the. Can, can I just? Here. Can we just get uh, Bob Griffin the third? Holy shit! Seven man, of the nine morning. Seven of the nine morning games. John were one score games. Uh, bad, bad slate though, guy. The only non one score games were Jets forty to seventeen over the Dolphins. Patriots twenty nine. Bailey Zappi twenty nine to nothing over the Lions. Did you see Justin Jefferson's throw? It was a very good throw. Uh, he was twelve for one fifty four receiving and a very good throw. Carson, uh, boy, Carson's got a Carson's got a pretty good highlight tape going in his career of awful highlights. Really quick on the Lions game, I'm watching the Lions game. I just flipped it on like one of the the ticket. Zappy throws to Hunter Henry wide open, and and the announcer goes, "Oh my God, so and so just went down," and they never showed the replay. Then an ambulance came out on the field, like the slot corner. The slot yeah. corner just hits the ground. Hunter Henry just runs a go route. Zappy throws right to him, goes for like 30 yards. An ambulance came out on the field and picked this dude up. Like, I, I, the, was the seizure? I, I never knew. I didn't keep watching the game. Maybe they came back and said it. I, it felt like, you see Mike Hart yesterday had a seizure yeah. on the sideline? Yeah. Kind of felt like something like that, not me. At least watching it live. I, I don't, do you ever remember an ambulance coming on the field? Ambulance in the yes. middle of Foxborough. Yeah. Pretty rare, though. I mean, usually wow. guys carted didn't off. Didn't appear, appeared to suffer. Buh, buh, buh. I don't know where this. I don't, I just don't remember seeing it. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't even field. seen a detail of it as we're doing this. Family member on the field. It was not the game paused for a while. Yeah. Wow. Um, here's your, you we mentioned this earlier. Here's your uh, race for the one seed uh, for the number one pick, John Steelers football team, Detroit. They're all one and four right now. Steelers getting the number one seed would be interesting. Cause somebody in the chat said earlier, could you imagine TJ Watt and Will Anderson on the same team? What would they do? Would they take a quarterback? Like, could you take a quarterback again? If Kenny Pickett I bad this year, I don't think you can. I think you can. If you think Kenny Pickett's not good, you can go Josh Rose and Kyler Murray. Is there Kyler Murray in this draft? Well, yeah, that's a good question. But if you think that, yeah, um, did take him at twenty, not ten. You, you know, Steelers probably could. You know, I, the head coach, you know, he's got a lot of juice. Really like this guy. Like, there's a lot of season left. I'd be a little stunned if the Steelers did it. 
feels like the Cardinals a little more herky-jerky. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be justified. It just feels like they would be a little more like our culture. We'll build the team around him. We could build a sweet squad around him. He's such a cheap guy. Get Will Anderson. Honestly, they feel like it. we wouldn't even trade back three spots. We'll just take the guy we want. I think you're right. That's a great call. <laughs> they would not mess around. They were just like, we'll just take Will Who, Anderson at number one. There, have they hired a new GM? I mean, they had. Yeah, well, it was the dude that uh, was basically his right-hand guy doing the contracts. Yeah, well, that's a great call. But what if that guy doesn't like him? I, I don't know. It could be the first strife in Sealerland. I, I mean, this guy, like Will they, they haven't lost. They're going to be competing for the number one. That that'd be a pretty ugly season in Pittsburgh. Like Detroit, pretty normal. Pittsburgh, they were they are they not were used to this shit. Guy. Huge, huge underdogs today and got blown out. Big well, guy, they were the biggest underdog in the history of the franchise, and it was only like four, 14 and a half or whatever, eleven and a half. It it's was? October 9th. <laughs> if you're a fourteen point underdog on October 9th, that's and honestly. Did they even come close to what was the final score? That no, I, I, when the last I checked, I think it was like thirty to three. Maybe they yeah. scored late. <laughs> no, he. I saw him miss a field goal again. So he, I don't know if they scored again. Not ideal. Not ideal. Uh, how about Oklahoma's biggest blow, biggest shutout loss in the history of the program? Thirty-eight to three final. So Yikes! <laughs> What's a worse loss? Thirty-eight-three on the road. If you're Tomlin. Or Red River rivalry, Red River forty nine nothing. Yeah, like, Red just River. Sark. They lost three straight games, blown out rivalry game. I mean, last you're place, Mike big, last place, Big Twelve too. Ugh, you're Mike Tomlin. You can afford a few of these. Not great, but whatever. And to the best team maybe in the league. It, t- every once in a while, somebody gets blown out in college football. Oklahoma does. I mean, in the NFL, Oklahoma does not get blown out historically. Well, they've right. never not scored a point since in 1998. They, they haven't been shut out. They haven't been shut out in any games. 98. 98. It's 2022. I said when he lost to Marshall, I'm like, this guy's in some trouble. Now he's won, I think, three straight games. He just beat BYU in Vegas. It feels like Marcus Freeman can take a breath. I, I still think they, you know, he can't go six and six, he, you know, eight and four, to give you a little runway to next year. Like he's not getting fired at eight and four. Does this guy get fired at six and six and just be like, listen, Venables? came, yeah, came out of yeah. nowhere. You think he gets fired at six and six? I I think he is a major risk of being fired. Yes, because they're not just losing; they're get, I mean, they're getting embarrassed in that game. Like that loss specifically, I think really hurts them. Well, now, I don't know what their recruiting looks like, but wouldn't they have to pick of the litter? I mean, Oklahoma going to the SEC, like couldn't they hire? Like, yeah, Wisconsin's. Type? You know, right now Wisconsin's going to be the best job probably on the market. But I don't know if you know your top flight. Coach may not want to work for Barry Alvarez. He's not so, the AD though, but I think he's in the office every day. Yeah, and the guy that's the AD is a former player too, so I think it's like an Alvarez run. I think they're going to just hire Jim Leonard probably, unless unless they're bad. Did they win this weekend? I don't know who they play. I, I think that Lane is going to be in the mix for some jobs because if I'm Oklahoma, well, Wisconsin isn't hiring Lane Kiffin. No, but couldn't Oklahoma? Yeah. And just be like, you know, we we are, we like high level coaches, you know. And the one thing, if Lane goes, I'd even say if he just goes ten and two back to back years at Ole Miss, how is that not like Oklahoma? How are you doing better than this? I had someone, I played golf last week with a guy whose dad was a coach, and he's now coaching like AAU stuff. But and his dad coached a sport that was not basketball or football. 
But the guy that ultimately took over for his dad was an assistant coach and was one of your classic assistant coaches that never left, even though he had opportunities to leave. And he always compared him to like other people in it's a power five conference in the same spot, always jumped at a job. And I remember, and, and you know, a lot of these guys, like people were like, Billy Napier, why are you going to Louisiana Lafayette? Cause Billy Napier, like, I'm going to fucking go there. I'm going to win. I'm, I want to be a head coach. And you say most head coaches just go right. Nick Saban, where did he start? Not at LSU. Urban Meyer, where did he start? Not at, not at even at Utah. Sort of Bowling Green. Like these guys just go. Chip Kelly. Venables is kind of your classic turn down. How many jobs did the guy turn down over the years? Yeah. Yeah. And I just wonder if, like, did he have reservations about himself? Like, I'm not a head coach. And remember, maybe, I mean, a, a counter to that would be Dave Aranda, right? Who was not getting any jobs. Maybe the story was like, maybe he's not interviewing great. He's not a very socially outgoing person. And maybe that scared some people off, but he's killing it at Baylor right now. But I'd say the difference, Aranda's younger. And like you said, immediately it was clear, like he was pretty good. Right. I mean, to me, there is something like, how do you overreact? You got to give him a couple years. Cause that's the pushback on Oklahoma. Sure. You got to give him a couple years. Well, it's like, I would agree if it's just like Marcus Freeman. If he goes eight and four, like just give him a year. Okay. I don't know if you get a five and seven, six and six year at Oklahoma. Also, what did you inherit? Did you inherit a rebuild or did you inherit a team that's went, supposed to win right Well, now? I think their pushback is they lost 45 players. Well, they lost Caleb Williams, among others. And they Mario they had a Williams quarterback. Now, they brought in Dylan Gabriel, but... He didn't play know, last weekend. You got hurt, right? Yeah, I guess he was... Well, uh, all right, bigger story. Stephen Vogt homers in his last big league at bat, John. Or Draymond Green. We have not talked. We've not done a podcast since the Draymond Green incident slash video. There's been a lot to happen. Draymond punched Jordan Poole. Video came out very quickly. Uh, been a big debate about was it security footage? Was that practice tape? Where did that come from? Uh, who orchestrated the leak? Was it just somebody making money? Draymond has apologized. Says, I'm sorry to everybody, including Jordan Poole's family. A lot of people, I, a buddy of mine who's a huge Warrior fan would send me all these clips of like, just watch these interviews of these guys. Look at look at this minute and a half of Clay talking about Jordan Poole. Like Jordan Poole clearly annoys these guys. They denied the story. There was the, the little, the Chris Haynes story that Jordan Poole, maybe too big for his britches, or I don't remember exactly how it was worded. Clutch then, orchestrated, though. Or, you know, okay, clutch, <laughs> Then the Warriors come out like it's not true. I did. I, so, I mean, a lot going on. A lot going on, John, for the defending champions. Uh, I go back and forth because, listen, basketball is not football, but fights happen. Yeah. Now, this wasn't a fight. This was one guy slugging the guy, though Jordan shoves him. Now Draymond instigates it. Uh, Bob Myers looked like Brandon Ayuk going to break up that thing. Kuminga you had a great Kuminga reaction, the Bob Myers reaction, <laughs> the uh, um, Ron Adams reaction. Ron Adams didn't do much. You know, I I, I think there's got to be some validity to the guy, you know, pissing some people off. Now, Draymond said that it's not in his nature to count other people's pockets, and he had something going on in his personal life that he brought to the court, and he he wears that. He's a flawed human being. He knows his flaws, and he's working on those flaws. Also did an ad for the Calm app or something. But I I, I just have a hard time with like progress. hearing a lot of people that cover the NBA act like this thing's fucking Armageddon. And cheap shot, yeah, I, I just think like most fights, I would say in basketball stuff, college and the pros over the last three decades – probably don't look that great unless they both square up. 
I think a lot of a lot of fights kind of start now. Part of the reason the thing in basketball, probably even more than football, I guess Ayuk fought Fred Warner, but you're usually not going to have like Ayuk tri- chase Trent Williams, right? Or like, or like, uh, you know, <laughs> Mosley go after Kinlaw. Like there is in basketball, there's only so many guys, so like the center can go after the guard, and there's a huge size mismatch, right? So Draymond is much bigger physically than him. But I struggle with acting like this is the end of the world. And this is like, I, my overall take, I feel like the NBA and the Warriors specifically overdramatized this a little bit. Now, they know better than me about, you know, Draymond has brought drama before, but sometimes I go like, does this have to be this fucking big a deal? Jesus Christ. That's, I, I guess, where I get after like uh, three or four days. Because you see the pick, you're like, uh, but I, I think a lot of videos will look somewhat similar. Yeah, I to me, what interests me about the story is not like, do, is this fight different than any other fight? But Draymond is supposed to be one of the leaders of a championship team, and you know they're in this weird transitionary period where they're trying to win, but they've got some young, talented players who haven't been paid yet. Jordan Poole being the number one guy, I guess, and there does seem to be a little smoke around whether or not he fits in in an organization that historically has always, for the most part, like you come here to fit in, right? You don't come here to be your own person. Eventually KD left. Um, And then there's the factor of like, if you had to say right now, who's more valuable to the team, who is it? Is it Jordan Poole or is it Draymond Green? Well, Jordan Poole got benched in the playoffs because Draymond Green, Steph Curry said bench his ass. And then Draymond Green, well, had an up and down playoffs when they won the championship game five and six, he dominated. Yeah, well, you could also argue they couldn't win without either one of them this year. We'll see. But I'm with you. I agree. I don't like for all of the immeasurables and the fact that Draymond makes a lot of money. I think you're worse without him. Like so far, Jordan Jordan Poole's proven to be a regular season player. Draymond Green proves to be an essential part of your team when you get to the postseason. I, to me, what interests me is just here is this team whose thing has always been harmony trying to defend a championship and Draymond just punched Jordan Poole. Like, but isn't whatever there- deal you think the NBA is making about it, there is a real problem for that team. They got, well, I shouldn't say problem. There's a real, they have to deal with a real thing that happened in their locker room. Well, for sure. And, and listen, I know Draymond poo pooed it. These are human beings. One guy has been an integral part of four championships. So when he goes, it's not even just about the money other guys are making, right? Clay got $80 million to not play a game. $80 million to not play a game. Now, we're all human beings. Like, he knows that. He sees how much money Joe has made because of this winning culture. And it's not like Draymond is the biggest part of the pie chart, but he sure as fuck has played a massive role in the Splash Bros being able to do whatever they want, and he's the muscle. So usually the muscle doesn't make as much as the talent, right? (laughs) Like... If you if you are the guy protecting Justin Timberlake wherever you go, you don't make thirty million dollars a year. But I bet Justin Timberlake says, "I fucking need this guy coming around everywhere I go," and Draymond knows that. And then this guy, who let's just let's just take somewhat at face value, maybe clutch the leak isn't totally right, but like you said, Clay is like annoying them a little bit. We just had to go to Mike Brown because Steve Kerr's got the sniffles and say, you got to put this guy on the bench for Kevon Looney. And that's when the series flipped against the Grizzlies. Like, that happened. And I kind of agree. I don't think I'd be that comfortable giving Draymond a ton of money. 
and part of it, like if it was just ninety million dollars and money didn't matter, and you're the Yankees, whatever. I do understand. Well, if you got to give them ninety, it's actually with the tax three hundred million. Like, yeah, that would. I get it. Like, I'm. I understand the business side of it. I'm not just a lot of people in the media. Like, who cares about the money? Well, it's, if you never run a business, the, the money fucking matters here. And you would kind of sell short on Draymond's trajectory. So if you had to pick two guys, one of the two, really, if you had to pay two of the three, you would pay Wiggins and Poole over Draymond, like over the next four or five years. Like that is the right business move. But if I'm in Draymond's shoes, I'm not thinking like that. And then if this guy's annoying me and I'm already having a shitty day, and I kind of know for a fact, hey, Draymond, they're not going to pay you the three for 90. They wouldn't, they, they would never max you, but they wouldn't even just give you, hey, hey, Draymond, here's three for 85. Thanks, thanks, bro. Even if the last two years suck, like whatever. They ain't ever doing that. And he knows it. So how could he not come into practice every day, be a little pissed off? Because you and I have been in situations that we talk $85,000 and you start feeling weird and you get pissed off. Any human listening to this has been in a situation where if you don't think you might get paid for something you think you've earned, maybe sometimes you're even wrong. Maybe you don't even deserve it, but you get, you're not in the right frame of mind. I'm not defending the individual action of the punch, but like this is sports. This isn't fucking insurance. Sometimes that shit happens. I, I guess my overall take, I think it's been a little overblown. I, obviously you don't want this to happen. Like the players don't want this to happen, but they're not paying Draymond and he knows it. Like to me, that's part of it. He knows it. Now you be a pro. You're making 25 this year. That's, that's probably what everyone says. Just be a pro. Well, you go, I've been a pro for 10 years. I brought us four chips, right? Yeah. I, I just think this, I watched some of his and he, he shot it down, but I, I, I just call a little bullshit because I, we're all human beings. And I, I would understand being a little edgy in his in his shoes. Well, it's a perfect storm because clearly Jordan Poole gets under their skin. I think I, I do think that's fair to say, given what happened with Draymond, given just just didn't me. Clay have a line at a three point contest in Japan or something? Yeah, but if you watched like the minute and a half, so Clay said it was nice to make Jordan Poole lose or something like that. But if you watch like the full thing, Jordan Poole comes over and like, did you see that part? No, that line that Clay had, there's like more of it where Clay's just talking to the media. Jordan Poole comes over, borrows somebody's microphone and starts asking questions. And Clay says, oh, look out. He's going to try and take one of your jobs. And then they kind of go back and forth. And it's kind of weird. You can just tell Clay is just not totally embracing it. And then Clay, when it's done, is like, all right, get out of here. And you can hear Jordan Poole yell back. Like, it wasn't like, get out of here. It was just, there was something to it. Because Poole's like, get out of here. Like, who are you talking to? Kind of like that. There was just, there was just something the guy, there. The guy who just gets to shoot and play no defense. Where all of us, when we've won chips, we play defense around here. You just kind of get to shoot. Well, the other thing is, these guys are so rich. But no one ever questions whether or not Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, or Steph Curry do it for the money, quote-unquote, right? No. Like, there's no question how dedicated they are to winning basketball games. Like that. Well, Draymond mentioned that yesterday. Like, we're going to keep winning. I'm a winner. We're winners. And, we're I believe, win. and I do believe them, right? Because ultimately, Jordan Poole's not their best player. If Draymond had just punched Steph Curry, it'd be a different story. He wouldn't have, though, right? He wouldn't have, though. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I, well, I, I think it pretty. Well, I also think what's interesting about it is like there is just an overarching story of how does this thing end with all of them, right? I, I do think it's fair to say like there's a short list of guys. Even if the guy's having the worst day of his life, he's actually doing that too, and it's probably like two guys. I don't. He probably wouldn't do that to Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody. It's like it might just be Jordan Poole. He wouldn't touch Clay. He wouldn't touch Steph. He wouldn't touch Andre Iguodala. He will no touch Wiggins. LeBron. 
Once upon a time, maybe. No, he 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 would attack KD? if he touched LeBron. You said KD. Is that what you're saying? One of two, but, I, but, but no he longer. But he wouldn't have touched KD like that either. Uh, you know, it's I, I I think there's an element of, you know, obviously you can do something that's pretty good for the NBA level, but for us, like we've never respected guys that just score. We, we actually we love playing James Harden because we kill him when it matters. Like we we yearn to play guys that just score. Now we kind of need what you have. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, I feel like I'm defending Draymond. I kind of am because I, I feel like everyone I've seen has completely shit on him, and it's like. But your re- your but your defense is more the reaction to the reaction than it is the incident, right? If there were no opinions and the only person who was allowed to talk about it was you, you'd probably be more critical of him. But you're reacting to the way people have reacted to it. I guess what I would have thought, even after I saw the video, send him home, talk to the team next day, and move on. I don't know. That's. Like, yeah, I, what I what I go back to Jesus is, is it, but but what I go back to where I think it is fair to kind of dig into it is 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 it a sign of like a bigger problem that they have within the team with Jordan Poole? Well, that's what we don't know. And whose fault is it? Like, is Jordan the guy you want to go give max money to if you're the Warriors? You've built this franchise around guys who are just low maintenance. Well, it's, that's just funny. It's Draymond's not low maintenance, right? But here but, here's the thing. Last time, much different situation because Kevin Durant is literally light years better than Jordan Poole. Everyone and their mother knew Kevin Durant was leaving, and they kissed his ever-loving ass all season long. So it's like, you know. And they still almost won a championship. But I'm saying they kissed his ass because they thought, like, they could convince him to come back. Like, they get a little, when it comes to their star, you know, money guys, I don't know. They can just get a little NBA-ish, like, really put guys they, on pedestals. they are, don't they feel like they have to be NBA-ish, right? They're, that's just. Like Jordan Poole has to have that? Well, no, but, I mean, ultimately – this franchise is going to have to go. There will be another era after the guys they have. And will they be a franchise that, you know, it's like recruiting college basketball. Eventually, like Tom Izzo eventually to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Dude at the Ravens game printed a blank check, enlarged it, wrote Lamar Jackson. And in the sign put Steve Busciotti and left, the, left the area where the money goes just empty. That's, That's kind of genius. <laughs> That's a good sign. Rick says basketball. Did I check the wrong show? Hey, did you watch the vote? By the way, real quick, our guy Stephen vote friend of the show. That was long cool. time. That was. I mean, I was there for his first hit being a home run when he was oh for fucking ever two years. He was like oh for two years to start his career. A home run at the end. Did you see him like yelling as he ran around the bases? That was cool. His last career at bat home run, and his first career hit home run. And an eleven-year big league career, is that what it was? Yeah, I mean, what was six, the year well, I saw him? Twelve. Yeah, but he, he had come, come up, up with the Rays like before that. I saw him in thirteen, I think. So you get to say 13, I played a decade. 14. I got to play a decade in the big leagues. My career started with a bomb, ended with a bomb. I played in the playoffs, won a ring. Who do you win a ring with? Braves. He was on the Braves last year. Remember, he was hurt after he got that foul ball. Feels oh, a little yeah, like Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Mitch Richmond. But yeah. he got hurt. Like he was the starting catcher, and he got hurt. Okay. Remember he cut. Remember it was like that. Oh yeah, foul yeah ball. Bad, bad injury. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for props to you. Me, vote, <laughs> Draymond. I in a weird way I got your back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you end up on the Lakers and then be buddy buddy with LeBron, then I'll turn on you. But right now in this situation, I I tend to be a little more team Draymond than like. What pool, man? What getting screwed? No, it's like I don't know. Let's just let's. Here's the other thing. Last but not least, yeah. Draymond was like, you know, I really appreciate the Warriors 
doing an investigation. Like this can't be that complicated. How many people are allowed in the building? It should be pretty easy. Like it wasn't Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh, Kerr, uh, yeah, the janitor doesn't know how to work the video system. To me, couldn't they figure that out to about seven people pretty guard, quick? Right? I guess. Did we okay, determine was it security footage or practice footage? Do I thought it was happened? practice footage. I, okay. Well, uh, incarcerated Bob, the the Twitter yeah. guy, claimed yeah. that TMZ paid 120 grand to an intern for it. Gotcha. Then I started Which, thinking, like, if you're an intern, 23, are you throwing away your whole career for 120 grand? But then I saw someone else say that it was like. Two and a half million, but then I saw it was ball sack sports, so that was probably a lie. Because <laughs> that would make sense, right? If you're an intern, they offer you two million. You're like, fuck it, I'll just figure out my life. I will get fired from this job. But I also think if you're an intern, you might think like no one's going to find out it was me. Incorrectly, you would think that. I I even think of the lowest guy. You'd be like, you'd have to just do some numbers. Like there aren't that many people. Yeah. I just think the amount of limited people, like you're going to question four people. And but I, you gonna, know, think about it. You know, you, you, you're, you're young. Your brain hasn't fully developed. You're like, they're going to interview seven of us. We're all going to say we didn't do it. Six of them are going to say they didn't do it. I did it, but I'm going to say I didn't do it. They won't know what to do. Now, the question is, like, can Lakeup sue that guy? I show up in a Cadillac, but no one will think <laughs> anything. Can Lakeup sue that guy or TMZ? The guy that gave it to the, the intern. Just for the 120? Yeah. Jordan Poole as a peace offering. I've taken the interns 120 and you get it. I, you know, the one thing is like you pay an intern, you know, he's got to live in fucking Stockton to work for the Warriors. You know, it's like a lake of take care of people. That's true. Uh, all right. Monday Night Football, John Raiders, Chiefs. Who you got? Chiefs. Okay. Me too. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Uh, we will see you soon. Have a great week. Like and subscribe, five-star reviews, get in the mailbag, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, enjoy the week. That was. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.